everyone, welcome to Trust the Trail. We are your outdoor guides, Ariane Petrucci and Scott Jans. This is episode 120, Backpacking Hacks and Tips. On this episode, we share with you backpacking hacks that will allow for easing your adventure and tips for reducing some of the weight through multi-using your gear. As always, we share a pro tip near the end that will help you gauge where you can shed those ounces time and time again. You can always join in on this discussion on our Facebook group page. Just go to facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash trust the trail podcast and join our podcast family. Come hang out with us and be part of that community and this particular topic in general. Yeah, absolutely. We love our Facebook group members. Uh, just just tonight saw some epic, beautiful photographs of, um, oh gosh. I, all sorts of things. All sorts of things. I can't remember uh, her name, but they were, they were beautiful, beautiful photographs. And we love seeing all of your adventures out there. We, that's awesome. So uh, keep them coming. So we had an interesting uh, week. I'm glad you're okay, by the way, Ariane. <laughs> um, oh, boy. <laughs> we were packing up. We were getting ready to go to the farm to uh, work on the Airstream, which is just about done, by the way. And uh, Ariane comes in, and <laughs> she's she's quite upset. <laughs> and uh, more, more, A little the, bit in pain. Little, a lot in pain. A <laughs> little bleeding involved. And she goes, lots of blood, actually. I just stabbed myself with the steak fork in the van. It's one of those really large barbecue forks that are probably about eight inches. It's the two prong. It's the two pronger, two prong barbecue fork. And I go, how'd you, what do you mean you stabbed yourself? And she goes, well, I was backing up out of the van. I was backing up and I sat on it and I go, you sat on the steak fork. And she goes, yes, which, you know, yeah. I mean, of course I continue to, bl I, I blamed you for yeah. what, who puts an enormous sharp edged fork facing up, facing right side. Up. I, I can neither confirm nor deny that that was me that, that did it. But who walks backwards without looking where they're going? So, so meanwhile, it could I be a dual blame there, folks. <laughs> what do you guys think? Yeah, we are taking we are taking votes on our Facebook group page um, as to whose fault it may have been. Uh, no, but I came in a pretty severe puncture had, wound. You had a hole in your butt. I did, and it was bleeding for probably <laughs> like half the day. Yeah. yeah, it's still a little tender. Right. Still hurts to sit down, but you I mean, know, we're not talking. We're not talking about a poke either. We're talking about a full-fledged <laughs> skin break, stab wound, and. But the funny thing about it is that I'm a little accident prone. Are we? You are a little accident prone. <laughs> but the funny thing is, like her continuously blaming me all the way in the car, down the road, and <laughs> driving, and finally I'm like. Well, so like when you back a car up, do you not look out of the rearview mirror? And she goes, "Yes." I go, "Well, then, there you go." So I think we kind of can't fight anger with logic. <laughs> yeah, you cannot. Yeah, yeah, anger and common sense usually don't go, usually don't fly. That has 
has nothing to do with the topic that we are talking about tonight. Well, you have um, smacked your head in the tree stump before yeah. uh, backpacking, so we just just be careful out there, folks. You just don't know what you don't know what you don't know. <laughs> there could be a steak knife laying around. You never know. So anyway, I'm glad you're okay. Yeah, I'm re- I'm in recovery. I'm glad you're not mad at me anymore either. <laughs> oh man, I was mad, but uh, it was his fault after all. Uh, that has nothing to do with our uh, hacks and tips. No, but it was a fun week. <laughs> cover up your steak knives yeah, or put, put the them, sharp point down. That's I, the theme of the podcast today. Put don't, the sharp point down. Don't hike with a knife. Well, you know, the funny thing is I, I think I've told this story before that I had to give first aid to a guy who yeah. put his pocket knife <laughs> with the sharp end up and forgot he put it in his pocket and put his hand in his pocket and stabbed himself in the finger. Yeah. That was at the trailhead before we went, and I had to do first aid on the finger. And uh, Again, nothing to do with the podcast. Nothing to do with this podcast, tonight. but that uh, <laughs> seems to be the theme. So we want to kind of go over. We were talking about what uh, this week when we were doing our prep for the podcast, we were thinking, you know, what would be a good value? What would be a good topic? And one of the things that we uh, we've never really kind of talked about because – um, they're very short snippets of info, and I don't think we could talk about it for 45 minutes. But we're going to try. But we're going to put them together. Yeah. And we're going to put some tips and hacks that we have done over the years that have made our backpacking experience, um, well, cheaper, less money. We've also made it more lighter, f- lighter, much lighter, and more functional. And... And that's all really about multi-using your gear, finding different places that aren't necessarily gear related, but we all use them. All of us use them. We'll talk uh, a little bit about that um, in our uh, hacks and just overall tips that um, that Ariane has taught me. I've taught Ariane and we've learned them together from other hikers out there. And we just thought we'd pass them along to you. Yeah, I think this is a really good topic. A lot of these... Most people know or have picked up throughout the years, or if you if you do any internet research whatsoever, you're gonna find a lot of the same and similar, um, you know, hacks uh, that you can use or test out. Many of them are unnecessary, uh, so we want to just kind of shed a little bit of light on probably the most impactful ones that we have tested or come up with or learned about. Um, that have become so useful that they're part of our regular routine every time we go out into the backcountry. Yeah. So, uh, you know, the first thing that you're always looking at is reducing weight. Any backpacker is always wanting to reduce weight. Um, and that can easily be done by multi-using your gear. And a lot of people have figured out this rhythm of, of how to multi-use um, looking, you know, is it necessary? Is there something that I have that can use the same exact purpose? I recently had a, a pretty long conversation with one of our podcast listeners, um, no names attached. Uh, and we were discussing this whole concept of not being able to find items in her backpack. Uh, they just can be kind of lost in the mix. Like there's not enough organization or there's too many items. And so there's so much clutter. They can't find 
the most viable resources that you're looking for, like the most important things in that moment. So we talked a lot about that, but that also comes into a decluttering aspect. And that is what we're looking at is functionality in your gear, lightening your load, but also using items that will help you just enjoy the adventure more, you know, not be so frustrated by things. Yeah, I think if you're looking for something in your backpack and you can't find it, you're probably carrying too too much much stuff. (laughs) Too much stuff. So, so, uh, you know, there are things that we uh, take in addition to uh, to make it a little bit more useful, but then there's a lot that we reduce. But, yet, you know, that's funny because when I go to the dryer to get my two pair of socks out, there's always one missing. So it's almost like that type of situation. You know it's in there. It's got to be in there, but yet you can't find it. Yeah. You just can't find <laughs> the clothes. You can socks. put the clothes in. But they all don't come out together. <laughs> Sometimes that's how it feels when, when you're, you're backpacking. backpacking. <laughs> I know it's in there. Where is it? Um, yeah, I lost a pair of socks for about three months one time. I couldn't find them. I finally realized I had rolled them up in my sleeping bag. Oh. So and that, that's happened a few times. So, yeah. So the first thing that is kind of like our uh, kind of a multi-use piece of gear that it's tried and true for us. We bring it everywhere. We never leave home without it is the blue yoga mat. The blue yoga mat from Walmart where you can pick them up a little bit more expensive at REI. But it's just really a piece of foam. And uh, you can buy them at Walmart. Very cheap. We cut ours and we use it for a couple different things. So we always roll it up. We we I, I do use it in the wintertime um as an extra layer of padding or insulation when i'm using a sleeping pad an insulated sleeping bag pad in the winter time but for the most part probably the other 90 percent of the time i roll it up put in my sleep put it on top of my backpack and it's my chair and so when i sit in the dirt because you know it's muddy out there sometimes especially after rain or as it's raining whatever the case is I use it as a chair, but I cut it long enough to where I can also use it as a back. So I'm not, if I'm sitting against a old tree stump, um, usually they're around campgrounds, campsites, um, or fallen tree. Um, I can have a back, a little bit, of, a little comfy, a little cushion on my back, um, and I'm not sitting on the mud. The other thing that I use it for is after we get done cooking and we're ready to go in, it is now the mat for Dino, so he can sleep on it. Dino knows that blue mat. Uh, I mean, he knows it. He knows it's his. Well, you know, he doesn't always share it. <laughs> oh, he knows. He stares at you. Yeah, like, he does. Why are Give you me the look on my bed. Yeah, he does. But it's his blue mat, and so when I lay it down, he just, you know, and it kind of protects him from getting more dirty. And when we're in the tarp sleeping. Uh, I put the blue tarp. Yeah, I put the blue tarp right uh, next to me. Um, My body heat helps keep him warm. His body heat heat helps me helps keep me warm, and we sleep right next to each other. And and that's his bed. So it's a definitely a multi use piece of gear. The one thing I do like about it is that it can get soaking wet, and it doesn't hold any water weight. It doesn't absorb water, and it dries very fast, 
easy to clean. Those things can be as dirty as dirty can be, but all you have to do is take a really light brush, water, and all that dirt comes off. It doesn't absorb water, so you're not really gonna carry any more weight if it does get wet. And if I roll it up and I put it on top of my pack, a lot of times that kind of helps keep my pack dry a little bit better uh, in a very light rainstorm when I don't want to put my um, pack cover on. And uh, so it's got a lot of different multi-uses uh, uses for that, um, but we use it for a chair and Dino's dog bed. So another one is trekking poles. This is something that many have already figured out. Um, not only does it offer you uh, a balance, uh, it offers you stability, uh, both with hiking, particularly on the downhill for me, because uh, my knees have a harder time accepting the downhill. I'd rather go up all day. Uh, but it also can be used in ro water crossings as a, as a stabilizer to be able to uh, manage your ways more safely across. Um, but it can also be used as extra tent poles. In a lot of tent setups, it is the it is it your tent is pole. the tent pole. Uh, so a really really good multi-use uh, piece of gear. We've used it in multiple occasions. I personally enjoy using it as a go no go for my dog. So I use the, I use I use the pole to keep my dog behind me when I have oncoming uh, hikers approaching, and it works I and mean, she just halts like oh boy here comes the temp or here comes here comes the trekking pole you know that's true i, I forgot I, about that uh, about the uh about the the quick little uh gate where your hiking pole don't cross gate. that gate <laughs> and they don't i mean they can go they to the right they can go to the left but there's something about that they're like oh, okay it does it does make a good a a doggy really gate <laughs> out on <laughs> the trail <laughs> I'm just saying, it has come in handy more often than not in stopping my dog than it has, like, stopping me actually falling over something and stabilizing me. Yeah, hiking poles definitely are probably right in the top, I would say, the, the top two pieces of multi-use gear that we use because um, we do sleep under a tarp, a silk nylon uh, tarp. Um, so we've come across many times when we've came uh, to an open field. Our, our, our camp uh, site has been on top. Um, I mean, just right off the bat, standing Indian Mountain come, comes to play where there's you can't tie a tarp up on a tree. You're up on top of the mountain. And so we can use the two hiking poles then to work as trees. And I can actually tie our tarp across our trekking poles and then you know, put the trekking poles in the ground and then tie them so they're nice and sturdy. And we've used those many times. I think we have the hiking poles up in, um, where was it when we, it was like 50 mile per hour winds, was, um, yeah, grassy in ridge, Virginia. In Virginia. <laughs> grassy ridge. And the trekking poles, the, the our tarp didn't make it, <laughs> but the trekking poles did. So those the are Sturdy little suckers. <laughs> Sturdy little suckers. So, and the, the reason we like the trekking poles for our tent poles is because obviously you can, um, you know, pitch them high, pitch them low, and, and you can, um, you can you know, uh, make them shorter, longer, however you want your tarp to be set up. And, uh, and then, of course, they're just great aids when you're hiking. I recommend hiking poles only because of the weight 
uh, distribution that you get saved on your knees. It's about 20%. So uh, especially when you're going downhill and definitely crossing creeks. Oh, my God. How many times would I have fallen? Probably gone over the waterfall somewhere. <laughs> had I not have hiking Scott's poles. Scott's not the smoothest <laughs> on river crossings. His balance is a little and, off, can um, we say? So, yeah, definitely trekking poles. Great multi-use piece of gear. Um, in an emergency situation, too, uh, and I, I kind of am remembering this right now as we're doing this, in an emergency situation, the yoga mat and the trekking pole makes one hell of a splint for a leg. Absolutely. Uh, so um, that's probably another reason why we carry it, but um, definitely the yoga mat makes a great splint if you have to... Um, keep someone's leg from um, if you want if you need to immobilize a leg um, it, it's just awesome so another one of my favorite actually this might be my all-time favorite piece of gear that I bring is a rain jacket it's not because I don't want to get wet I don't mind getting wet but we use the rain jacket on um, whether we expect rain or not because it multi serves as a windbreaker um, the most important thing, wind can chill your core body temperature very, very quickly um, and very dangerously uh, depending on your situation. And so a rain jacket is almost one of those top priority pieces that you pack no matter what. But uh, something that I started doing really, really early in uh, my tarp tinting days, uh, Scott got me into tarp tinting. And I really, really enjoyed it, but I have a tendency to sleep very cold. Um, and on particularly windy days, as the wind is coming through there, I found that my sleeping bag, I felt colder in my sleeping bag. Um, and when you add into that rain, it exponentially chills you even quicker. So I one night out of frustration <laughs> and it was it was raining in this case uh, I took my rain jacket I zipped it up I used the hood and I put it over the feet of my sleeping bag to keep my sleeping bag dry because I was kind of poking out the edge there and it worked like a charm it almost worked like a bivy for for my sleeping bag. It protected me not only from the wind, but it protected me from the rain. Scott's sleeping bag was soaking wet on the bottom that night. And uh, mine stayed entirely dry due to this. So this is something that I kind of came out of like logic in my frustration. Like I'm sick of getting wet or I'm sick of, I'm sick of the cold. And it ended up working like a charm. So I still do it today, even if it's really, really, really cold. And I feel that bite uh, in my sleeping bag. I'll, I'll throw that on and it warms up my body temperature. Yeah, I, I thought dramatically. It was, I thought it was brilliant when I saw it. It's those simple things that uh, really make your trail experience uh, so much more wonderful when you, you know, you've been living with uh, a, um, I would say, um, the, <laughs> Like a scale of one to ten, it's been like a five, six, seven when it's been really a hard rain. The wind's been blowing, and the bottom of my sleeping bag gets a little moist, or it gets a little damp, or there's condensation down there, and it, it doesn't ever really soak through the bag. But you're always kind of concerned about it, 
and every once in a while, you know, you wake up in the middle of the night, it's raining, and you feel the bottom of your sleeping bag, and it's it's wet. And when I saw what Ariane did, I'm like, that's brilliant. And I've never had wet feet again. So, it's, I mean, it's, a, it's just a natural it's very very logical it's a natural moisture barrier but you can also get the same effect um by you know putting your rain cover on your backpack and actually like slipping your the bottom of your back um sleeping bag and body into your backpack yep it's same thing it's same concept so uh Depends on how much you want to expose your rain gear. Right. <laughs> Overnight right. or not. I, You know what? I, I've been doing this for so long. I don't even really care about getting wet anymore. <laughs> it's really just a ball about staying dry when I don't want to be wet anymore. Like right. there's a, right. there's a, there's a certain uh, comfort level like, oh yeah, it's raining. I'm going to get a little damp and uh, you know, uh, whatever. But then, you know, just to make sure that I don't go into that issue where I can't get warm again or I don't right, have dry right, clothes. That's right. the issue right there. Yeah. And for me, it's more of a temperature control uh, because I do chill very, very quickly at night. So, so the next kind of hack we want to talk about is, so this is one of the things that we all use. All of us use it um, and we usually go to the store to buy it. And those are Ziploc bags. And we kind of you know, we'll put food in there, we'll put our dry stuff in there, whatever, whatever we want to put in there, Ziploc bags, because they're pretty waterproof, right? So the, the problem with Ziploc bags is even the generic ones, when we go into a grocery store, they're kind of pricey and you don't get a lot, you don't get a lot of them. Now, we're going to give you two, two tips with the Ziploc bags. One is recycle them. Don't throw them away. Even if you cook in them, you know you can clean those things, right? Just put them under water, put some soap in there, you know, take a washcloth or something, wash it out and dry it. We reuse our Ziploc bags all the time. But after a while, you know, they'll go bad or something's funky in there or I forgot <laughs> to take something out of it or whatever the case is, you know, and you're like, I got to throw that away. Well, when you go to reorder them or you go to the grocery store, they they can get kind of expensive. So... <clears throat> Here's a little tip. Go to IKEA's website. You guys are going to think I'm crazy, but I'm going to, you're going to be shocked when you see how cheap these things are. We have an IKEA in Atlanta, so we can go to IKEA and look at them. But IKEA sells a the best Ziploc baggies for backpackers I have ever seen. They sell them small. They sell them midsize. They sell them tiny, and they all come in one box. You get about 50 of them for $2.50, and they're good quality bags. They don't have a little zipper on it. You know, you got to go old school and pinch it closed. But, but it's have, actually a really good seal. But they have two seals. Yeah. So the pincher has two. Um, pincher, what are the clinchers? Pincher clinchers. <laughs> what are they called? I have no idea. Okay, they don't have the zip. They don't have the zip on it. It's, you got to do it manually. I've got the two pincher clinchers. And so you you pinch them and they're good. I mean, when I, so I've been using Ikea plastic baggies for years now. They're cheap. They're great quality. And obviously the Netherlands, is that where Ikea is from? The Netherlands, I think, Dutch. 
I think they make great Ziploc bags. That's what I'm saying. And <laughs> so that's where you want to go. So go to IKEA website, look up Zip, Ziploc baggies and check them out. And they come in, you get in one box, you get a various um, sizes. So I usually get two boxes. One has small, medium, one has large and really large. And you get them for $2.50. And uh, every once in a while in our store in Atlanta, they're on sale for like a buck fifty. And uh, they'll last uh, well over a year uh, with those. So, um, yeah, that's kind of like my little tip hack on the IKEA baggies because we all use Ziploc baggies. So, of course, IKEA, you can find a lot of really good stuff there. And you don't have to put anything together. (laughs) No. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. You just went there. Yeah. (laughs) You don't have to, like... put together a backpack no i know but it's the only thing you can go to ikea and walk out of there without an allen wrench and quite uh, possibly and not have to put anything together uh so another one of my favorite things you can find this at ikea for very cheap but you can also find it at other locations um you know lowe's home depot uh i'm sure you can find it on amazon um but it's a carpet grip uh, and there are so many types out there. Ikea by far has the lightest version of this that I have, the lightest and cheapest version that I can find out there. Um, it is insanely lightweight. It is a carpet grip. It's just a very, very thin plastic. It's like a, it gridded in squares uh, so you can wash it. But I use this to control the slide when I sleep. So everybody has experienced this. You're sliding down the hill. You're not in that perfect uh, spot. You have a slight slope or as you move, I'm, I twist a lot in my sleep. Like I, I will roll in circles and I naturally end up at the bottom of my sleeping pad. And when you have a sleepless night, it can get it can get rather frustrating and annoying and you're like, oh my gosh, I scoop back up. And, and then of course I have the world's noisiest sleeping pad. And so I'm sitting there scooting back up and I feel as though like I'm a bear tromping through the forest. But this I can use, I can cut a very, very small section. You don't need much to grip it. And I put it on top of, um, uh, my sleeping pad, uh, and uh, I can I can put two different ways depending on the slope. On top of my sleeping pad, underneath my sleeping bag, or I can put it under my tarp, the plastic that I use, and put it on on the on the sleeping pad itself. And for those who have never woken up with Ariane in the morning, <laughs> when she hasn't had her coffee yet. She is a bear tromping <laughs> around in the forest. So if this helps her get a good night's sleep, I love this thing. But the fact of the matter is it works. And, you know, you slide off your mattress pad. You know, your sleeping bags, uh, you know, they're, they're nylon. Your sleeping pads, um, they've got that slick material. And so um, I've actually woken up outside the tarp. <laughs> before because like, i'm a, how did i get out here i'm a restless sleeper i'm like how do i get outside my own tarp i'm not even and then my mattress pad's not even underneath me anymore it's like jetted jetted side it's like jetted out of the tarp somewhere um but the the carpet 
the the it's like, the, it's like a carpet grip. It's, yeah, it's like well, if you have like a little square carpet or a uh, section carpet, and you don't want to slide on your floor, you put these things underneath the carpet so they they don't slide. Yeah, and so this one is it's not that rubber. It's it well, it is a rubber, but it's not that like foamy rubber that you can find at Target. It's it's like a silicone it, type exactly, base. Yeah. and it's 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 ridiculously effective and a small amount goes a long way and it's almost like you're not adding any weight at all um and it can multi-serve in a lot of different ways um i've, I've used it for multiple things out backpacking so uh really useful yeah ikea i think that's all we get from ikea right and you don't put that together either you just have to cut it <laughs> so the other and speaking of sleeping um, we get a lot of questions. We get a lot of questions about, do you think pillow, bringing a pillow is like a Thermarest pillow or a Big Agnes pillow? Um, do you think that that is a weight penalty? Um, I would say uh, no, but there's different ways you can do that. I do not like, particularly this is me and my lifestyle, I don't like blowing things up at night when I'm getting ready for bed. I you know, probably blowing up my air pad is probably the, the least favorite thing I I want to do. Never really liked it very much, but you know that's the reality of backpacking. Um, so the last thing I want to do is blow up a pillow. Also, so normally if it's not a cold night or if it's uh, you know it's nice outside, relatively speaking, nice. Um, your rain jacket also gets used as a pillow. So. I use, I crunch up my rain jacket and I stuff it in my stuff sack with my extra clothes that I have brought. And I use that as a pillow and I, I, I like it because it's, it's kind of cushy. Um, I can adjust it. I can fluff it up. Um, and the more I pack into it, the better the pillow I have. So, and I'm sure you guys have, you've heard that before, but that's just one other tip instead of blowing up an extra piece of gear that also can fail. Um, we just stuff our rain jackets in our stuff sack and use that as a pillow. Yeah, I mean, it works like a charm. Um, we're not done with the sleeping system yet. Uh, we, instead of going to buy or using a heavier version of what um, the ground cloth that they offer you when you uh, buy your tent set up, um, we go and... Uh, Home Depot, Lowe's, and buy two millimeter plastic paint tarp. Now you can find in a lot of different millimeters depending on what you want to use, but two millimeter seems to be the best weight ratio and durability for long-term use. Yeah, so a lot of people use Tyvek. Um, they, they use different things. I, I get a little upset with the ground cloth being so expensive. Yeah, it's nylon. Yeah, it's got grommets on the corner, but I'm not going to pay 50 bucks for one. I'm, that's just, I'm just not going to do that. So you, all, you're, all, you, all you need is a vapor barrier. That's all you need. And so you're really protecting the uh, wetness from the ground from soaking in through the floor. Because remember, nylon is porous, right? So um, we just go to any hardware store. We get, you know, like Ariane said, two millimeter paint tarp and cut it to the dimensions of our tarp. And then what we do is we go an extra step and we take duct tape and we tape the corners of our cut out um, plastic paint ground cloth. 
And after we cut the, after we cut it out and we duct tape the corners, then we take like a hole puncher or something to punch through the duct tape in the corners to create a hole. And then we take some drawstring and usually, um, you know, any kind of nylon drawstring, lightweight, and we make loops. And that way, in the morning time, when we're packing up, we can take the ground cloth out and we can hang it on a tree and it dries instantly. Um, and so a lot of times you have your ground cloth, where do you hang it? How do you dry it? It's soaking wet. We like trying to dry it before we put it in our bag. Reduce and the water weight. Reduce the water weight and it's dirty. And so what we do is we just do that little extra work on the paint tarp and um, that way we can hang it and you can hang it vertical, horizontal. Um, it, it always seems to work, but taking the extra time to put the duct tape on the corners, punch a hole, put a little drawstring on it, definitely has saved us a lot of time when we're packing up in the morning. That thing yeah. is dry when we put it in our, in our uh, backpack. And then quite frankly, uh, paint tarp can compress pretty good we can fold <laughs> that thing up in into almost a little tiny square and uh, you know we sleep under a 10 by 12 tarp so uh, having that as tiny as possible and that does go in a ikea ziploc baggie <laughs> by the way see i brought that back around you did that's a, that's called a callback ikea hacks that's <laughs> <laughs> called a callback uh and it i mean it, it realistically it only costs less than three dollars i think well if you get a roll of it it lasts for a lifetime you could probably make you know three or four of those in the lifetime of your uh you know of, of your use in within i i'd say two two and a half years maybe even longer depending on how much you go backpacking um so everybody all already knows uh cook sets you don't need one for everything uh you don't need a plate and a bowl and a cup and a spoon and a knife and a fork uh so a lot of times you are pre-sold all of these things um very oriented towards car camping but also oriented orientated towards buy the hole you'll never miss out uh you need it you need it um and in a lot of case depending on how you work you may have uh you know a cup meanwhile while you're cooking your breakfast uh but that is the number one place to look to begin to reduce your weight. In most cases, when we take out new backpackers, um, that is the one area where we're very rapidly able to reduce weight by really logically working through the process of, of how you're going to cook. Um, but one of the things that we really want to hone in on is thinking about compactability in your bag and how they can all nest together and whatever cook set you have where it can all be one small little packable unit. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, you don't need a, all that stuff. You're basically, as we've said many times on our podcast, you're basically out there to boil water. That's it. So whatever pot you bring is usually pot and a spork. That's it. You know, I mean, you can just keep things really super simple for yourself. And one of the things that... Um, the most, I would, I would say a good majority of backpackers that are kind of starting out and they're getting the rhythm. 
Um, with along with our cooking set, of course, is water, correct? It amazes me that when it's pouring rain, how many pots I do not see outside collecting rain, rainwater. So under as we sleep under the tarp, when it rains, we have quite a bit of rain that is, you know, falling off of our tarp. Um, so I always, always put our pot under the tarp um, and collect the rainwater in the corner. That way I don't have to filter water in the morning <laughs> and my coffee is 50% ready. <laughs> so I look at it that way and, but it's fresh water, it's filtered water and uh, you know, it, and I don't have to use any water out of my uh, platy or filtered water. It's going to be there. And then that gives me that much water, much more water to drink in the morning time before I, before I start hiking. So, but, um, re repurpose your water. Um, and when I mean repurpose your water, there's a ton of ways to repurpose your water. Uh, for example, if you're cooking, you want to make rice for dinner. Well, get the uncle Ben's boil in a bag. You put the bag in your hot water. You, you make it, you, your rice cooks, you take the bag out of your water and now you still have water there. Make yourself a cup of, you know, apple cider or hot chocolate or put some uh, Kool-Aid or whatever you want to drink in there and have a nice uh, hot beverage on a cold winter night. So you can repurpose that water many times. Yeah, it might have a little starchy flavor in it. <laughs> but you know what? We're backpackers, damn yeah. it. We're not supposed to be, you know, we're out there roughing it. And so, but that's one of the, way, one of the ways you can uh, use uh, a very simple pot to to. to really do a lot of things out in the backcountry and collecting rainwater is definitely one of them. So our pro tip for you guys tonight is every time you go out backpacking, each and every time, as you're unpacking your pack and you're, you know, sorting everything and trying to dry it, as you take things out of your pack, think about what you didn't use. On that trip think about what you could have done without the more often you come back it's fresh in your mind you realize what you didn't take or what you I mean I'm sorry what you didn't use um, and what felt maybe unnecessary you will begin to reduce your ounces very quickly and those ounces of course add to pounds and before you realize that not only will your backpacking experience simplify but it'll become a lot more strategic in what you take, uh, a lot less clutter, and you're actually going to find that uh, you can do without a lot more than what you had thought going in. Yeah, the only uh, thing is, you know, you, of course, that does not count the 10 essentials. Uh, that's just extra gear that you put in your pack. You always carry the 10 essentials. Um, if you didn't use the emergency whistle, yeah, <laughs> well, well keep you know, that. keep that. But it's all the, it's the kitchen sink stuff. It's the extra pair of shorts. It's yeah, the extra pair stuff. of socks. It's the extra, it's the extra things or it's the things that you realized when you were out there, huh, I just figured out a use for this in a different way than what I had considered packing it for. Yeah, and, and as you do that more and more and more, that really teaches you to be in tune with the conditions of the trail, the conditions of what the weather is going to be. And so every time those conditions change, you're going to adjust 
the items in your pack to meet those conditions. Instead of packing everything for, for the all conditions, <laughs> you're packing specific things for specific issues that that more than average you're going to encounter on the trail. So that all comes back to planning and preparing before you go, which we have talked about uh, many times on this podcast. Yep. Uh, so we hope that you actually enjoyed some of those tips. Uh, many of them uh, aren't rocket science, but there are very unique ways to use um your gear in a in a different way. Anytime you can, anytime you can multi-use your gear and really use it, um, not just once, but make it a part of your gear itinerary. You're gonna you're gonna save a lot of weight, and you're gonna see the pounds um, ounces first, pounds later, reducing that weight on on your pack. And really, backpacking is uh, it really is less is more. Um, it really is less is less is more the less you care the more you can enjoy your experience and you can enjoy nature so you guys thank you so much for listening if you enjoy this podcast please post a comment on itunes it helps spread the word and get and lets other people listen to our podcast and that that's including any podcatchers also that you listen to us on uh shout outs to our facebook members we love you guys uh, and our patrons. Oh my God, we could not do anything without you guys. Rick, Jerry, Shirley, Chuck, John, Jerry, Suzanne, Brad, Bill, Nick, Helen, Mike, and of course, Jacqueline. Thank you guys so much. Our podcasts are available on all podcatchers, uh, Stitcher, Podbean, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Radio Public, which is both on iOS and Android, which also helps support the podcast. And, of course, iHeartRadio. You can follow us on Instagram, Trust the Trail, and just be a member of our Facebook page, Trust the Trail. So, you know, all the tips and hacks that we've kind of gone over tonight, there's a thousand more. <laughs> there, there's, there's a million of them. And they're always readily out there. But what works for one person may not necessarily work for you. So we encourage you, create your own hack. You know, do your own tip. You know, what, you know how you're going to find that out? That's by going out there backpacking and learning what the trail teaches you because the trail does give you everything you need so trust the trail you guys we'll see you later bye